0: Do you eat, sleep, and breathe golf? Do you love to explore? And most importantly, do you just want to have some fun? Well, then, welcome to Talking Golf Getaways with Mitch and Darren. Now, here's the guy with all the questions, Mitch Lawrence, and the guy with all the answers, Darren Bunch. Hi again, and welcome to Talking Golf Getaways. I'm Mitch, he's Darren. Thanks for making us a part of your regular podcasting routine. We're an iTunes Audio Boom Stitcher Player FM and now, as you know, at the all-new golftripex.com, at golf trip experts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Darren? Yes. Where are you? I am at GetawaysGolf on Twitter and at GolfGetaways on Instagram. Of course you are. And I'm at Mitch Lawrence, L-A-U-R-A-N-C-E, throughout the online universe. It's a bold claim, but it's true. Uh Darren. Today, a very special episode on a place that I think all of us, me included, will be wanting to go.
1: Oh, definitely. I got to talk with David Southworth. He's the man behind the Abaco Club in the Bahamas. He also, uh, Southworth Development, also owns Makarhanesh Dunes and other golf projects in the U.S. as well and around the world. First, before we get to that interview, which I did with him, we should give listeners an update on what they can find at the all-new GolfTripX.com.
0: And it is some really, really great stuff. We're uh, we're adding to it all the time, and this stuff is all worth it, our series on reasons you should visit Alabama for golf travel. And I know a lot of people have heard that Alabama is a great golf state, but we are giving them all the reasons why.
1: Oh, Definitely. There are great places to stay and play. Uh, There are great regions throughout. There's a lot of great history in Birmingham and Montgomery. Uh, It's just really a cool state. I've been back a few times now, and I just kind of fall in love with it more every time I'm there. And it's not just the Robert Trent Jones Trail, which is fantastic, has some uh, great golf and some amazing short courses, but it's the other places, you know, the farm links and uh, different places down at the Gulf Shores. And it's just It's a state that you should have on your radar if you're trying to put together a golf trip.
0: Well, I I think people are going to get more into it as we delve deeper into it, which is what we want to do. So be on the lookout for that. Also on GolfTripX.com, what I think is one of the, and I'm not just blowing smoke here because I know Eric Hart uh, and I've read a lot of the stuff he's done. He's traveled extensively, but his shortlist series, Darren, and I know you agree with me, is really one of the great, unique, And that's a tough word to use because so many lists exist. But Eric Hart's short list series list and his descriptions and the writing that he has done to put this together is off the charts.
1: Oh, it's just an expansive list that he's done here. Uh, It's a project he worked on for months. He talked to a ton of people. And the goal was to kind of discover these short courses that are in each state that don't make these big national lists. You know, you see lists that the top 20 short courses in the country or something like that. Eric's basically put together 100 that are from the U.S. and then 20 more that are out of the country that you can play. And we're kind of going through it part by part. It's an alphabetical list. It's really a fantastic piece. And and people seem to be loving it online.
0: Yeah. And uh, we'll mention that every state is represented. Yes. In this short list. Even if it's only one in a state, Eric dug around and uh, has made sure that every state is represented. So again, a fantastic series by Eric Hart. Also, of course, we want to mention something that we're looking forward to, and that, of course, the shootout at Sweetens Cove, uh, August 23rd and 24th, $350. To me, it should be 10 times that for the fun we're going to have. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, our previous couple of podcasts had Rob Collins from Sweetens Cove on, and so we have talked extensively about the Sweetens Cove experience, and I really just can't wait to share it with you and the rest of the guys from Golf Trip Experts, uh, as well as all the listeners who have signed up. We still have spots available. There's going to be all kinds of fun. We're going to have closest to the pin contest. We're going to give away some great Mike strantz related prizes, a trip to the Stewart Cabin, stay in the Stewart Cabin at Tobacco Road, uh, a couple-night trip for a foursome to stay down near you at Caledonian True Blue. Uh, we're going to eat sticky toffee cookies. We're going to eat milkshakes. We're going to... Uh, Drink Canadian sortelage of whiskey. We're going to pretty much do all the favorite stuff that you and I like to do when we're together on a trip, Mitch. But we're going to have 30 or 40 or 50 of our closest friends, or at least our golf trip experts friends, with us to share it.
0: And this is the kind of thing that as we've seen and they've already had a couple of great events at Sweetens. People who've been following Zach Blair and the Ringer have seen that. We're gonna do something that's gonna be off the charts as well. So hope you'll go to golftripx.com and catch up on all that news. All right. On to your interview with David Southworth. He seems, Darren, like a a really fascinating gentleman, and that word is used carefully. He's the founder of Southworth Development, which has overseen more than billion (laughs) worth of golf and hospitality ventures everywhere from Massachusetts and Jersey to Arizona and Puerto Rico.
1: And he's an interesting mix of a real estate developer with a background in hotel management. Uh, So it gives his projects kind of this decidedly different feel, uh, especially at places that are as different as the private Abaco Club on Winding Bay in the Bahamas or like a pure golf property Uh, like David McClay kids Macrahanish Dunes on Scotland's Kintyre Peninsula. And as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I'm working on, you know, a Scotland series and the Macrahanish courses are going to be a story all their own. So in this episode, uh, we primarily focused on the Abaco Club and uh, kind of David's approach to hospitality overall and how he applies it to the different projects that he's done.
0: Well, he's one of those guys. I have not yet met him. I haven't been to the Abaco Club or Macrahanish Dunes uh, in Scotland. You stinker, you. (laughs) Um, But I do know that there's so many great people involved in golf and building it up around the world. And he seems like one of the people that would really be fascinating to talk to. Uh, You told me one of the more approachable, unassuming guys for all that he's done that you'll find.
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact, There was a Forbes piece uh, that dubbed him golf's anti-Trump. And having met Southworth and also having spent a little bit of time with uh, now President Trump in my career uh, as well, I can certainly understand that description. Gentlemen, as you said earlier, it's exactly the word I think about when I think about David Southworth. For every bit as smart and savvy he is in business, he's equally friendly and inviting.
0: Well, how cool. How cool. Can't wait to hear it. I know our listeners are waiting. It'll be a fascinating discussion with one of America's most successful real estate businessmen of the past couple of decades. So here we go. Enjoy Darren's interview about the Abaco Club and the hospitality industry in general with David Southworth.
1: You ended up in this business of kind of melding hospitality and development and real estate. But you went to school for hotel administration. And I'm curious if there are one or two things that you remember learning in school as you were just getting started in this that have kind of endured throughout your work as you have become to, you know, come to run a, a very successful business in putting all of these elements together.
2: Oh uh, yeah, there there's um you know, hosp- the the hospitality industry is so far-reaching. I mean, it really uh, goes from everything from the the obvious um, uh, industries like hotels and and you know uh, resorts and, and things like that. But you know, uh, hospitals are kind of run uh, with the same um, a lot of the same um, uh, dynamics. Uh, the airline companies, um, stadiums, you know, sporting uh, sporting venues. I mean, there's there's so many uh, things that are, that are tied to this industry. So, um, uh, I mean, there's, there's so much, uh, that you learn in, that I learned in school, um, that, you know, apply to, uh, what we do to this day, whether it be, you know, the back of the house functions, you know, uh, the accounting and, and finance and, and, and those types of things to, you know, general, general hospitality, um, you know, issues, you know, I've, I've, i think I've forgotten most of what I've learned, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I knew it at one day, I knew it at one point.
1: What do you think is the most important aspect of, of creating a, a truly great hospitality experience?
2: Uh, memories. I mean, if you can create memories and send people home with memories and, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 mo- it's that it's, it's, uh, you know, so when, when people have, uh, left your property and they've been home for three months or six months and they can um, sit back and just remember that was, you know, that was just an awesome experience. And, you know, they might not, they might forget that the uh, the meals came out at the perfect temperature uh, or at the right time or, um, you know, the beer was cold or, wh- or whatever. They might forget a lot of the little things that go into that. But in general, you've, um, you know, you've tried to, Create a memory, and and uh, if you if you're successful in that, then it'll it'll continue on.
1: Well, that's certainly how I feel about the Abaco Club in the Bahamas. We had a wonderful time there. You were there at the same time. You had the whole family out. It uh, it really is a wonderful place. And I, I, was, I was I was doing some research. I found a a video clip of you uh, saying that you believe the Abaco Club is one of the greatest sporting clubs in the world. Now that's pretty big praise. Um and certainly it's it's your club. I, I can understand why you would say that, but um, you know, tell me a little bit about why you believe it, because I know you truly do believe that. Yeah,
2: I I I believe it for um um for a couple different reasons. One of them, and the biggest reason is that the club has everything money can't buy. Um, you know, the the bay and the beach, I mean, is irreplaceable. Um, you know, I've I've traveled many places in the world and I'm sure you have as well. And, you know, it's, um, it's really a one of a kind, the terrain on the property, the, uh, the elevation changes and grades, uh, you know, enabled us to make a very unique and special, uh, golf course, uh, which is, you know, uh, awesome. I just actually just saw it today, um, uh, something that USA Today had rated it the best in the Bahamas, or their reader surveys had come back with that being the best in the Bahamas again, which is uh, which is nice. You know the the other things, you know, being the the weather, um, the fact that there's deep sea fishing, you know, five minutes off the off the shore uh, because of the you know the train in the ocean. Uh, the bone fishing is world class, and that's you know right out our front door. So all these things that that um, you can't. You can't buy it. You can't orchestrate it. It was just there. So uh, that's such a great beginning. And then adding in the things that money can buy. And actually we're still doing that. You know, we're, we still have a few more, <laughs> few more plans on, on some of the sporting amenities and, and, and things like that. But it's, uh, you know, combining the two, it's just, it's, it's, it's a fabulous combination.
1: Well, it's an interesting property in terms of its own history because uh, I I remember you saying that there had been previous owners I believe you bought it from the Ritz-Carlton company or acquired it from the Ritz-Carlton company um and and nobody quite could figure out what to do with it because it's not a traditional hotel property it's more of uh cottages and real estates and uh, real estate that surround this golf course and club um you know talk about some of the challenges that that were there when you got involved with the Abaco and and how you needed to move it forward to kind of put your own spin on it to make it what it's become.
2: Well to us it seems straightforward. I mean it's not uh, too dissimilar from our um our community in Cape Cod, for example, called Willabend or uh one in Virginia called Creighton Farms and 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 others. And what I mean by that is it's a uh, a gated community uh it's a private community um, you know it's made up of uh, primary and secondary uh, homeowners um, and, and and a general membership um, you know the the Abaco club like our other clubs uh, do have uh, some uh, guest accommodations we we have those in in all of our locations and they're primarily used for people that might be attending an event at one of the, uh, clubs or, uh, guests of a member, uh, in the case of the Abaco club, which is unique within our portfolio, uh, non-members can go one time, uh, to take a look and see if they like it. And, you know, we, we need to do that just to be able to show people the property and, and, uh, give people the opportunity to kick the tires, so to speak, and see if they'd like to, uh, join the club or become, um, you know, a homeowner or, or 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 you know one of the two so um so we we didn't see it as unique and challenging. we kind of saw it as uh exactly what we do, which are these kind of high end heavily amenitized uh private residential resort type communities. I know that's a mouthful, but that's.
1: Heavily amenitized is a word, a phrase I haven't heard very often, but, uh, but that exactly describes it. Let's talk about some of the amenities. Uh, first of all, the golf course, it photographs beautifully. It videos beautifully. And when you have the web.com tour there for the past couple of years, uh, it's really got the spotlight put on it that it deserves.
2: Yeah, no, it was great to, uh, to, to see it and uh, see it get that exposure. And more than once I'd be in my house at the club, uh, watching the event, you know, live on TV, uh, where I could look out the window and see part of it, you know, on my own. But it was uh, it was amazing how peaceful and serene and and immaculate it looked on TV. It looked uh, it looked great. They did it. They did it justice.
1: Well, I think they they did a wonderful job of building that golf course as well. In that, uh, certainly there are homes around it, and they're big. Big homes, multi-million dollar homes in some spots, but it's got its share of, of ocean front. You don't ever feel like the homes encroach on the golf course. You've got all this wide open space. When you get to the to the final stretch of holes, I mean you're just basically looking straight out over the water for as far as the eye can see. Uh it, it really is a special spot there, not not just at the Abaco Club, but I mean the Abacos Islands as a whole are just kind of a unique setting that I think a lot of people don't know about.
2: Yeah, no, it's a good point. You know, the within, within the Bahamas, the Abacos are considered, you know, the most upscale islands um, there. Um, you know, you don't see uh, fast food restaurants and things like that. Things, you know, things have stayed uh, strictly Bahamian, but there's, uh, you know, with that, there's gourmet restaurants and fabulous grocery stores and markets and and everything's fresh and it's you know I, I actually live there in the winter time and it's uh there's no no skipping a beat whether you're there or in the states it's you know the um every luxury uh, that you uh come accustomed to living in the states is in abaco it's it's just it's, it's a marvelous way of life
1: well and you mentioned the food i i have to ask you a little bit about you have two just exceptional dining options one that is just the the little bar that is right down there on the beach is just the, one of the cooler hang spots i've i've run across and then certainly your fine dining restaurant that's up on top of the hill overlooking uh the bay it's just uh it's extraordinary what what types of things did did you and your company bring to that dining experience what did you want to accomplish Uh, when you came on board there well we really wanted
2: to get back to some of the basics there and 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 focus on all of the uh fresh fish you know we buy our fish directly from the fishermen um you know pulling it out of the water our our specials and offerings uh in many instances change by the day depending on what the fishermen bring us um so it's a great it's a great way to uh, kind of take advantage uh, of you know of what's really at our front door uh number one number two you know we we amped up the talent level in the, uh, in the kitchen. You know, we um, spent a lot of time working with uh, new chefs that we had hired and, and, and people that we had found down in the Bahamas who were uh, spectacular chefs and just hadn't been trained in a, in a certain, a certain way, which they now are. And, you know, I think the combination of, uh, of that and a few other things have really um, turned the corner. I mean, the the food, the dining is really exceptional now and, and uh every day seems better than the the day before, and it's really become a a highlight um, of the club.
1: Well, I' talking about the the seafood uh, we did an episode a, a few episodes back at the end of the year about the my favorite things I ate in 2018 and the grilled Bahamian lobster was on that list and and I told a little bit about how the, the, the process for people who harvest lobster there, how the locals do it, uh, it's really an amazing story of, of how you get lobster out of the water and, and to the plate uh, in that region of the world.
2: Yeah, it, it is. And, and I, I, um, I'm a huge fan of the, uh, of the you know, Bahamian lobsters. Uh, so I, I appreciate everything you just mentioned. Yes, it, it's, uh, it's great. It's awesome.
1: You and I have met and and spent a little bit of time there when, when I was at the Abaco Club. Uh, you are a somewhat unassuming guy. I think most people, uh, if they happened upon you at the club, if they didn't already know you, they might not know that that you're the guy in charge there. I, I'm wondering how that laid-back attitude, which I assume goes all the way back to, to growing up in Arizona. I'm wondering how that laid-back attitude kind of influences what you do not not only at the abaco club but throughout the company
2: well i think um you know the i i think sometimes developers have there there's a per- perception of developers where they're uh, loud and boisterous and and i don't know arms flailing and and deal making and 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 all that type stuff and um um so you know i guess I guess we're not all alike, yeah. um, obviously. Uh you know, I've seen I've seen stories in Scotland, for example, where they've uh compared, you know, myself to uh to Donald Trump, you know, right. who's another American developer over there. So yeah, it does underscore how different we can all be. Uh you know, we might all get to the same end, um at the at the end of the day or, you know, uh, be looking to accomplish the same goals, but you know, we just get there our, our own ways. And I, um, I feel blessed that, uh, um, you know, that I've been able to, you know, have this company and, and build these communities over the years. And I don't know, I, I, I think that uh, I guess I'm kind of quiet by nature. And, and um, it, it all seems to work just like, you know, just like it is.
1: I know you're a deep family, man. How important is, that? is- Welcoming families to to all of your projects, but I, I noticed that particularly at the Abaco Club that, that it just it is a perfect spot for a family vacation, a, a family oriented club.
2: Yeah, and and you know, hopefully all the communities are. It's uh, uh, family is really what's given me most of my uh, peace and happiness and joy in life, and and um, it's you know uh, something I appreciate every day and couldn't live without, and I think that that, um, you know, many of us uh, feel the same. And when when the time in life comes where we have a little more uh, time to, uh, uh, it, you know, sit back and enjoy what we, it, you know, to enjoy and focus on what we really want to focus on, uh, it is our family. So um, these, you know, the communities, all the Southworth communities are very conducive to, um, you know, to all generations of family. Uh, they're family-friendly uh, there's no difference, you know, male, female, and there's uh, stuff to do for young and old and in between. And it's just, um, it's just the way kind of we see uh, life. And, you know, a, a big part of our company mantra is to celebrate life. And we think the best way to do that is with, you know, with uh, family and dear friends and, and, and all of that. So they're they're all, You know, again, in all the communities, everything that we can possibly think of to make those, um, you know, to make um, that achievable is is there.
1: Yeah, it definitely is a a wonderful place with with lots of opportunities. Uh, I know one of those opportunities is the bay itself. Winding Bay uh, is really striking. I'm wondering what was your impression the first time you saw it? Obviously you live there now part of the year and, and you see it all the time, but the first time you happened upon that and saw this almost perfect swimming and floating and boating bay, um, you know, what did you think?
2: Well, I was really blown away. Uh, I remember the first time I, I was ever physically on the property was the member said, brought me down. Uh, they, had, they had spoke to me in one of our other uh, communities and uh, asked me if we'd uh, take a look and and explain, you know, that they were trying to team up with uh, someone to become a new owner and Ritz was going to sell and, and those types of things. And uh, so they invited me down for a weekend to meet some of the, um, uh, meet some of the other homeowners and to see the property and and all that. And I remember, um, taking a walk on the beach and saying to myself, if we don't do anything down here, business-wise, uh, this still might be the perfect place for me to, to hide away in wintertime. Um, because it was just <laughs> so spectacular and so beautiful and, and it was so unique and, and you know, it's a, it's a great question. And it's, it's a fond one for me to answer because I remember that, that first walk, like it was yesterday. And, um, uh, and in, in knowing how special it was.
1: Well, it's such an interesting geographical and geological setup there in that, you know, you have this bay that that stays shallow for a long ways. Uh, you've got turtles out there swimming. It's got its own little island that you can go out to. Uh, but if you hop in a boat there and then go around the corner and kind of out beyond where the 17th and 18th holes are, the golf course, all of a sudden you're in open water. You go around, and then you can you can pretty much boat through the Abacos and and find all kinds of different things to do. It it, it really is a place with extreme variety.
2: Well, that's you're you're right, and you know that uh, going out of our little bay leads you right to the Sea of Abaco, which is a, uh, a you know a natural preserve down there. Um, you know it's 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 so. I mean, all the Bahamian waters are spectacular, but. Um, uh, yeah, you know, the Sea of Abaco is even more, spe- it's, it's, it's even so special that they, they've made it a, you know, a nature reserve, which is, which is great. And yeah, and, and you know, now uh, we actually have, um, you know, we've, uh, we're just finishing uh, building the marina down in Little Harbor, and, which is direct access to the Sea of Abaco. So, you know, between, between that and, and the connection, you know, from, from the bay to around the corner, it's, 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 it's all available to us. Um And it's, it's, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of the icing on the cake for the Bahamas.
1: Well, it's like you read my mind because my next question was, what is the status of the marina? How's it coming along? Because I know that really is an interesting place uh, over there. It's got its own little restaurants, that little bar. It just adds a whole nother element of that you can go and experience. And if you were a person with your own boat and you, you wanted to come in and out from there, uh, it's really going to be a nice uh, added amenity to all the other amazing amenities you already have.
2: Yeah, it's great. Uh, the The name of that bar is a pizza pub, by the way. Oh yes, which is a yeah right. very famous uh, Bahamian uh, beach bar. And then what we've done down there is, um, you know, the yacht club is is just we're, we're actually we're uh, uh, getting ready to announce an opening date uh, in the next few days here. So the yacht club is pretty much done. Uh, the first uh four or five piers uh with boat slips are, are completed now. Uh so you know the boats are starting to uh to appear and members are, you know, getting excited about, you know, getting all that set up and 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 actually myself as well. You know, we uh keep a boat down there so it's 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 easier to to do everything and you know with the full service marina as just another amenity to the club. It's just, you know, we, again that list of uh what what more could could money add to this uh, collection of everything money doesn't uh, can't buy? Um, you know, continues to happen.
1: I, I wanted to close on a little bit more of a philosophical note. As I was kind of doing a little bit more research or reading about you, uh, I came across the idea that life is a classroom and and you learn from your mistakes. And you've talked about that. I'm wondering what are those mistakes? What, you know are there are there one or two things that that you can point to. Uh, over the course of of your work in the hospitality industry specifically where you know maybe we didn't quite get this right but it it led us to doing something different or better at places like Makrahanish or Abaco or wherever I,
2: you, you know um I, I mean, it's been 30 years that almost 30 years that we started the company i think 29 years ago and so the amount of mistakes we've made in twenty nine years is enormous um, the uh, I mean it really is if you you know from big ones to small ones uh, and the amount of successes we've had um, obviously outnumber those um, but uh, every day I mean we continue to learn from um, mistakes or we find better ways to do things and so it's um, i can't I can't put my finger on one Specific thing that would change things. I I think if, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway from, you know, in the early days we had a lot of partners uh, doing different things, and these days we really don't have many. And um, I I think where I'm going with that statement is, um, you know, the people that you work with, um, you know, whether it be uh, via a partnership or companies or firms in general that you work with. Uh, I think to me, that's one of the biggest uh, areas to, I don't know, uh, safeguard, you know, finding good people and sticking with them is, is, uh, is great. And, you know, when you're hooked up with people that, uh, you know, who you don't, I don't know, uh, see eye to eye with or, or share the same values. I mean, you know, um, ending those relationships quick, I think that's important too.
1: That's a great point. It, it made me think of something that you do at the Abaco Club, and when you started talking about about finding good people, you have a no tipping policy at that club. And and I've heard people debate that on both sides, and that it it hinders employees. And then I've heard other people argue that it it helps employees. And I'm curious why the decision was made, and and how you think it helps the the overall experience, not just from a standpoint of being easier for the guest. Uh, but also for uh, the employees.
2: Yeah. So the employees, uh, first off there, they still make a lot of money and and they, they do that because we're, we're always busy. There's a a formula uh, that, you know, uh, pays them as if they were, you know, uh, highly tipped. Um, They, they, they're there for years and years and years. They don't quit, which is a a good sign because if they could make more money at the next uh, community, they, you know, many of them would would have no choice but to to take that. Um, So in the end, uh, it's, you know, it's a good process and the employees are, you know, the good employees are are still very rewarded for what they do, as they should be. Um, And then, you know, as a resident in these communities and a member, it's hard just, you know, the last last thing you want to do is fill your pockets full of, um, you know, full of change every morning and, and have to you know have to be tipping people all day long as they as they serve you and and uh, do good for you. Um, so that's you know it's just really a, a a practical matter in 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 some ways and, and an ease of uh, ease of living you know in in another.
1: Oh, it makes total sense, especially at a property where uh, you're in shorts or a swimsuit uh, most of the time, which you certainly should be when you're at the Abaco Club. I can't thank you enough for spending some time with me. We started this off by talking about uh, by you talking about memories. And uh, I I mean, I, I think of the Abaco club, you know, if not every day, at least every week uh, wanting to be back there, just uh, relaxing on that beach and and playing golf and having fun on the golf course. And so uh, I hope I get to get back at some point and, I just hope more people discover it because it really is an amazing place.
2: No, well, that's great. You're welcome anytime. Uh, it was a, pl- a pleasure to meet you uh, then and, and uh, to talk to you today. And I hope I see you back on the beach soon.
1: And there you have it. My thanks once again to David Southworth and everyone at the Southworth development team. If you want to learn more about the Abaco Club on Winding Bay, they make it super easy theabacoclub.com has all kinds of information, and you can also follow them on the social media at the Abaco Club. that is A-B-A-C-O, both on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, I have to thank the listeners. We really couldn't do it without you. Mitch and I just love talking with all the different listeners on social media, so reach out to us at Golf Trip Experts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And go to iTunes and rate the podcast if you can, And leave us a message or a review there as well. It really helps us spread the word about the best in golf travel. The Abaco Club is definitely a dream location. And as we always like to say, go run down your dream. So long.